Good morning. All right. Lively crowd. I like that. I'm excited to be here today. Uh, like John said, my name is Matt Boyer, and uh, I am the pastor of students here at Daybreak, and uh, I'm excited to be able to be here with you guys at Good Hope Road this Sunday. Uh, I want to, this is really kind of cool that I have the chance to introduce this series, um, The Heart of a Worshipper, uh, because I think I'm like the first person illustration of the fact that you can love to worship and be terrible at singing. <laughs> like, I'm so bad at singing, but I love to worship. So sometimes that means the person next to me isn't enjoying their worship <laughs> because I'm singing loudly and proudly. But, you know, the thing is that, that really we want to tackle in these next four weeks is they want to help you understand that, that having the heart of a worshiper isn't just about singing songs or being good at singing songs or wanting to sing songs. Like That's one of the ways that we can express our heart of worship to God, uh, but it's not the only way. There's so much more. It's really a life-changing thing when we embrace this idea of having the heart of a worshiper. And so that's what we're getting started on today is we're getting started on this series called Heart of a Worshiper. But that can kind of be like a little bit of a like nebulous term, like what does that mean to truly have the heart of a worshiper? Is that, you know, is that something that uh, I, I do or is it something that I say or is it a way that I think or a change in the way that I focus on things? It's, it's kind of a, a hard thing to know exactly what that means. But truth be told, we all are worshipers of something. We all worship something. It's just a difference of what is our object of worship. I mean, something is going to grab our attention and our affection. Something will hold our gaze and occupy our hearts. And I have to, I just want to tell you guys this morning that part of the reason that I feel like excited to share with you today is that this is a message for me that God is teaching me as much as he's teaching you this morning. As I was preparing to be able to speak today, I just really felt like, man, God, you really have some work to do in me on this subject. Like, I love to sing. (laughs) I love to worship that way. But God, does my whole life reflect a heart of worship for you? And so this series that we're going to explore together over these next four Sundays is going to help us discover what does it really mean to have the heart of a worshiper. And from there, we'll consider how putting God at the center of your life and being a true worshiper, how that will affect your everyday walking around, going to work life, how that will make a difference for us. So today, God invites you and he invites me He invites all of us to turn to him as our object of worship. There's many different things that we potentially could make our object of worship. And sometimes it goes from place to place to place. But God is inviting us and saying, hey, come to me and let me be your object of worship. And it truly is an invitation. It's not a coercement from him. It's not a demand. It's an invitation. Uh, And he isn't the only thing that we are invited to worship, are we? There's all kinds of things that are vying for our attention. And just to kind of help you guys out this morning, give you a little, bit of visual, of a little bit of a visual, I went and scoured the internet for images of things that we might choose to worship, objects of our worship. So let's direct our attention to the screen. Maybe Ben Roethlisberger is the guy for you. You're a Steelers fan. Now I know you're not saying, oh yeah, I worship Ben. What I'm saying is you're putting that as the priority, right? You love the Steelers. That's what you talk about. That's what you're into. That's your passion, okay? And again, not necessarily a bad thing unless it's so replaced any passion or devotion that you have for God. All right, so let's look at the next one. 
Mike Vick for the Eagles. How many people are excited about that guy? Maybe you recognize him better as this. <laughs> Fumbling the ball. A lot of people are like, Mike Vick, who's that? Oh, the guy that fumbles. I know him. Or maybe this guy, my personal favorite, doing his griffining pose. You might recognize him more by his personal car. <laughs> Spent a lot of time in there. What else we got here? I know there's another guy. Oh, yeah, Justin Bieber. Maybe some of you guys out there today are like, yeah, Bieber's the one. All right, what else do we got? Oh, Pinterest. Okay, so ladies, you're not, you're not, uh, we're not, we're not going to just focus on the guys and their football today. Pinterest, maybe that's something you're into. Again, not a bad thing unless it becomes something that completely monopolizes your time. Or any one of these fantastic social applications, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and there's apparently something called Snapchat that students are using now, and I have no idea what it is. Somebody back there was like, you're an idiot. I know what Snapchat is. <laughs> and, okay, so we've got Channing Tatum up here, sexiest man alive. I beg to differ. But what I think is funny about this magazine is that if you look at it, if you read it, it says, Affleck, Beckham, Gosling, and more. We've got them shirtless, mustached, and with their dogs. Like, what? Why are the dogs in there? That makes them more sexy? I don't get it. But what's really sad, actually, is if you look up there in the corner, it, it shows a picture of Justin and Selena. It says, OMG, they're totally over. So it's so sad. But maybe for you, this is the kind of thing that you would want to worship. I don't think you should worship that guy. He actually looks kind of like a lunatic. All right, let's get that off the screen. Sorry if that frightened anybody. Uh, but it is an invitation. But with all of these distractions, right, sometimes we lose God's invitation. Somehow we don't get it because of all the other stuff that's going on. It's easy to overlook God as the supreme object of our worship because there's so many other things that we focus our attention on. Uh, there's a guy named Louis Giglio that we're actually going to watch a video of his a little bit later in the service this morning. But he's a pastor and communicator, and uh, he came up with what I think is a really great definition of worship. And what he says, it's actually in your outline today, in the box at the top of your outline. It says that worship is our response to God for who he is and what he's done, expressed in and by the things we say and the way we live. Now, as one long sentence, that kind of ends up, it starts feeling a little bit like a run-on sentence, which is why we split it up like this for you, is that it, first of all, is our response to God. So God is inviting us and we respond to him. But the way that we respond, or the reason we respond to him is for who he is and what he's done. And then the way that we respond is that we express it in and by the things that we say and the way that we live. I think this is a great description of what true worship is, but I, honestly, I have to confess to you this morning... See, God is even upset with me about this one. He's like, yeah, you better tell the people, Matt. I have to confess to you, honestly, I don't, I don't even get to step one sometimes. I don't even make it there of my response to God. You know, God is trying every day to get through to me, and I'm so busy with all of the distractions and all of the other stuff that's going on in my life that I don't even hear his invitation in order to be able to respond. I'm so busy with my false objects of worship that I don't even notice his promptings, yet alone be able to respond in any meaningful way to them. Essentially, what I'm doing is I'm missing the obvious. We all do this from time to time. I mean, not just when it comes to our relationship with God, but it's easy to kind of miss the obvious, right? 
Just this morning, actually, when I was on my way here to this church at Good Hope Road, I got lost. I want, I'm like one of the pastors, right? I should know where this place is. But I was driving down the highway, and I was actually having like a really good conversation with God on the way, and I was sort of like rehearsing my message and, and just kind of had all kinds of things going through my head. And it was, like, it was all good stuff that I was focused on. But I'm driving along, and all of a sudden, have you ever had that moment when you're driving on a highway, and then all of a sudden you look up and you go, I have no clue where I am right now. I literally had no clue. And so all I could think to do was get off at the next exit, which was Enola. And then I was like really confused because I didn't know how to get back on. I wasn't even really sure which direction I needed to go. It was really bad. I completely missed the obvious. I mean, they're pretty big road signs, right? They're big and they're huge and they direct us where to get off the highway. But I completely missed the obvious. But this happens with us in our relationship with God. I mean, when it comes to worshiping Him and honoring Him, All we have to do is open our eyes and look around us, and there are so many reasons to look and say, God, you are awesome. There's so much of evidence of him everywhere that we look, but so often we don't see that evidence because we're so distracted by everything else that's going on. I mean, have you ever felt like I do? That you want your life to be an act of worship to God, but somehow between wanting it and actually living it out, it just doesn't happen. We get distracted. We lose focus. I mean, we collapse into bed at the end of the day, realizing another day has passed us by, and we have spent zero time chasing God and all of our time chasing everything else. It's easy to slip into that place. I mean, all our time can just be spent trying to keep up with this crazy, chaotic world that we live in. So if you can relate to that at all, then you're with me this morning. And you and I have a huge opportunity that God is providing for us this morning just to be reminded of how incredible he is. And if we can allow ourselves to be reminded of that this morning, it's going to be easy for us to walk through the rest of the day really giving him honor and worshiping him for who he is and what he's done. So let's not miss the obvious today. Let's put aside any distractions, anything you came in with today that is distracting you. Let's put that aside. Uh, And let's just let God have control this morning. Let's let him speak to us and allow him him to show us himself in a brand new way this morning. I want to say a word of prayer before we get into it. God, I love you. I love you very much. And I, I do confess to you that this is something that I've let the distractions creep in too much, God. And I haven't let enough of my day be about chasing after you, knowing you better, thanking you for all you've done and, and for who you are. So God, this morning, speak to us. I pray that our ears would be open to you and our hearts would be ready to receive what you have to say to us. It's in your name we pray, amen. I want to read to you out of Psalm 19. It says, The heavens tell of the glory of God. The skies display his marvelous craftsmanship. Day after day, they continue to speak. Night after night, they make him known. They speak without a sound or a word. Their voice is silent in the skies, yet their message has gone out to all the earth and their words to all the world. This psalm paints a pretty incredible picture of who God is, doesn't it? I mean, we serve a God that is literally praised not only by us, his people, but also by, his, by the natural things that he has created, by all of the creation around us. He is so huge and so vast that the heavens actually shout praise to him. They sing of his glory. The skies that we look up and we look at the sky, they are the work of his hands. That's an incredible thing. I mean, what can we possibly do when we come face to face 
with a a supreme being of such incredible and magnificent power. The only thing we can do is to stand in awe. We stand in awe of Him. And this is our first set of blanks in the outline today, is that the object of our worship compels us to stand in awe of the heights of His grandeur. The object of our worship compels us to stand in awe of the heights of His grandeur. I love the imagery of the Psalms. I love the way that they're written because they really help us to look at the world around us to see a glimpse of the greatness of God. For me, this is one of the ways that I really feel like I connect well with God. If I can get out and take a jog, and preferably it would be through the woods somewhere and it's just quiet and nice, I love to just stop and observe nature and just see what's going on and just take a moment to thank God. And Through those natural things, it's just a way for me naturally that I connect with God. I, I love that. And And so when I read the Psalms, that's really like a a good place for me to go when I want to recognize the grandeur, the magnificence, the the amazing nature of God because of all the things He's created and the way that it's written in the Scripture there. And in fact, when we consider the expanse of the universe and how big the universe truly, truly is, it starts to paint a picture of how huge God really is. So we're going to watch a, a, a a quick video clip this morning that helps us put that into perspective. So go ahead and direct your attention to the screens, and then we'll jump back into it.
incredible thought that a God so big would care so deeply about every one of us, isn't it? Uh, look what's said in Psalm 8, when I look at the night sky and see the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars you have set in place, what are mortals that you should think of us, mere humans that you should care for us? But he does in fact care for you. He cares for me. He cares for all of us deeply. The scripture even talks about in creation that when he created all of the other things in creation, he said that it was good. But when he created, when he created Adam and Eve, he said it was very good. And he feels that same way about each one of you. He personally crafted you. He loves you. And he knows you intimately. He knows you inside and out. And that's a great feeling to be known. To be known by somebody. To be known by God. And we all love to be known. I, I love to be known. Actually, honestly, I really, really like to be known. I, I don't necessarily mean like I want to be famous. Like I don't necessarily want to be famous, but I really like the idea that maybe I could know somebody that is famous. Like it's not as important to me be famous myself, but I like the idea of knowing somebody else that is famous. The students in our student ministry could tell you that because there's a few people that I know that are like, semi-famous, and I'm always bringing those relationships up to make sure that they know that I'm really important because I know somebody really famous. There's a guy, uh, his name is Logan Martin, and he's a fantastic worship leader, and he actually played at Life Conference three years ago when we went, 
Life Conference is the national gathering for uh, students and the Christian and Missionary Alliance, and it's only once every three years. And so there's thousands of kids come from all over the nation for that. And he was the one that was leading worship at that, event, at that conference that year. Uh, and so after that conference was over, we had the opportunity uh, to see him again at our district retreat. And then after our district retreat, he was looking for possible shows to do like in this part of the country. And so I immediately responded, was like, oh, yeah, we want to do a concert with you. So we brought him to Daybreak at Gettysburg Pike, and we had him there, and they did a concert. And so what happened out of that is repeatedly getting to see him is I actually became friends with Logan Martin. I'm like, I'm pretty proud of that. You know, like he's semi-famous. And so I know Logan Martin. So when we were at the retreat this past weekend, he was leading worship for the retreat once again. And so at one point during the weekend, I, I just tap, I was, we were having free time and I was just kind of hanging out and, and Logan was there. So I went over and I uh, started talking to him and we talked for probably about 15, 20 minutes and talked about our families. Actually, it was kind of cool because he has three kids almost the same ages as my kids. And so we just got to talking a lot about what's going on in our lives right now and what we feel like God's, God's got in store for us next. And so it was really cool just getting to talk to him for a while. And so I walked away from that conversation, not really thinking anything more of it. But what I didn't know is that at that same time, one of the students that was a high school student in our program last year and is now a college student who was helping out his work crew was actually like standing behind me, taking pictures of me talking to Logan Martin. And so then afterwards, she came up to me like a little bit later. She's like, hey, look, I got pictures of you talking with Logan Martin. Maybe you guys really are friends. And I was like, on the outside, I was like, yeah, I mean, it's no big deal. I was just like talking to him or whatever. And on the inside, I was like, she got a picture of me with Logan Martin. Now everyone will know we're friends. So I like being known by somebody that's famous. And maybe that's part of what makes it so exciting for me to think that God knows me by name. That maybe that's just part of the way I'm crafted, or maybe it's true for all of us. That the idea that God, who is the creator of the universe, of everything that we can see, and even things beyond that we can't see, that he is also the same God who loves me intimately and loves you intimately. I think that's a really exciting thing. I mean, as much as I love being known by people, I am literally amazed that God, the creator of all things, knows me. And that's a mind-blowing thought. The same God that compels us to stand in awe of the heights of his grandeur, of all of the amazing things that we just, we've been witness to this morning, that he also invites us into the depths of his intimacy. That's an amazing thing. And that's the next set of blanks in your outline. The object of our worship compels us to stand in awe of the depths of his intimacy. You know, as tiny as we may seem, the God who knows every star by name also knows yours, and he knows mine. Let's look at Psalm 139 together. It says, O Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my every thought when far away. You chart the path far ahead of me and tell me where to stop and rest. Every moment you know where I am. You know what I am going to say even before I say it, Lord. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous and how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. This God who went to amazing lengths to craft the universe is the same God who crafted you. 
He made you in His very own image, the hands that formed the universe and put together everything that we can see. They put together this amazing harmony. They're the same hands that created you. He knows every detail of your life, even before you were born. We were created on purpose and for a purpose. Every one of you in this room was created on purpose. You were not a mistake. And you were created for a purpose that only you can serve. Now, one of the purposes that we all serve or that that we can all experience is this joy of just knowing Him, having this intimate relationship with Him. It's an amazing thing to think that the God of so much grandeur and power desires for us to know Him. So how do we miss that so often? Well, I think it's like what we talked about at the beginning of the message today. We get so distracted by our everyday lives and the plans that we have and the directions that we want to go that we completely miss the obvious that he longs to walk through life with us. See, we have this instinct to kind of compartmentalize things. I, I kind of figured this out when we were on the, fall re- or on the spring retreat. We had a small group discussion with some of the guys in our group, some of the high school guys. And in that discussion, we started talking a little bit, and I asked them the question, well, when you think about who you, how you lead your life, like, do you follow your own plans and your own goals and where you want to go and what you want to do? Or do you follow God's plans and God's goals and you follow his direction for your life? And the consensus of the group was like, well, sometimes I follow God and sometimes I follow me. And one of the students actually put it into a a term that I thought was really helpful. He kind of came up with this diagram of of what it looked like in his life that I thought was really cool. He talked about how he had God over here and he was in this circle. And then it was him over here and he was in this circle. And what he would do is he would just kind of do a figure eight back and forth between the two. So he would go around his purposes and his goals and his aspirations for a while, and then he would come over here and say, okay, God, you can have your way in my life. You can have your way. And then he'd go back over to his way and then back over to God's way, and he's just on this constant path back and forth between the two. And so where we came to in our discussion is that we finally said, well, you know what it sounds like? It sounds like we need to invite God into our circle. Like, stop having these two separate circles. Let's just have a circle that God is in and give Him full leadership and full direction of our lives. Allow Him to lead us and to guide us. You know, that doesn't mean that we're always going to make the right decisions or always going to do the right thing. But what it does mean that the motive of our heart is to live life with Him. Not Him over here in this compartment and us over here in this one, but the two of us together, living life together, experiencing life together. Now, we're going to watch another video. I, I referenced this at the beginning. Uh, there's a guy named Louis Giglio uh, that is the guy that you'll see on screen in just a moment. Uh, but one of the things that he worked together with the team to, to kind of create is that they found that there are sounds, that stars actually emit sounds. And they took those sounds that the stars emit and they overlay it with the sounds that whales make in the ocean. And then they add other sounds into it. And what's really cool is as you see them add different layers into this, you start to get a picture of maybe what it feels like for God when it talks about all creation sings your praise. That maybe that's like a little part of it. And then what's really cool is at the end, we will have the chance to join in that song and sing a song of praise to him. So if you could direct your attention to the screen, uh, actually before you direct your attention to the screen, I want to read this passage out of Psalm 148. But as soon as I'm done reading, then the screens are going to come up with this video. So give me just a moment to flip there in my Bible. Because what's really cool about Psalm 148 and why it connects so well to this video that you're about to see is it's all about creation singing out God's praise. 
So why don't you guys just listen while I read this passage and then we'll watch the video together. Psalm 148 says, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise Him in the heights above. Praise Him, all His angels. Praise Him, all His heavenly hosts. Praise Him, sun and moon. Praise Him, all you shining stars. Praise Him, you highest heavens and you waters above the skies. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for He commanded and they were created. He set them in place forever and ever. He gave a decree that will never pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures and all ocean depths, lightning and hail, snow and clouds, stormy winds that do His bidding, you mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all cattle, small creatures and flying birds, kings of the earth and all nations, you princes and all rulers on earth, young men and maidens, old men and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for His name alone is exalted. His splendor is above the earth and the heavens. He has raised up for His people a horn, the praise of all His saints of Israel, the people close to His heart. Praise the Lord. 